In this episode, I have a really special guest, Ajit Navalkaha, the former CEO of Mind Valley and the co-founder of the Global Grit Institute. I wanted to have him on our show because I have learned so much from him. He says that the first step to clarity is to know where you want to go long term. And I totally 100% agree with that. He finds processes give him power and being accountable for him is his key to follow through. Listen on for his story. All right. So today on the entire Life Summit, I have somebody I respect a lot in the coaching industry, Ajit Naoka. And Ajit, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you started, like from the very beginning and where you are today and how that's given you the life that you've been able to have? Thank you, Arnie. First of all, thank you for inviting me to your summit. I'm very excited to be here. My journey started many years ago. In, in, I was born in India. I was born in a small town in India called Jaipur. It's a, it's a beautiful town. It's a very touristic town. But did, the, the way I grew up, I grew up with 23 other people sharing the same space. So we weren't very abundant, per se. I lived in what is called a joint family in India, but even bigger than a joint family because even my grandparents, brothers, and everybody shared the same space, which is why we ended up as 23 people in the same house, which meant that there was definitely not a lot of abundance in my life. And that kind of early on got me triggered towards asking myself the question, how could I have a better life? Now, most people in India, and I'm sure it is here as well, and globally, it's a phenomenon that everybody says, hey, get educated and you can get out of your situation, you know, and that was kind of the same thing that we heard is uh, become an engineer or become a doctor or become an accountant. Now, I was not poor in studies, but I wasn't like, I was just an average student. There was nothing phenomenal about my ability to, you know, study or cram things in my brain or anything like that. So I early on knew that I can try, which is what I did do. I tried to become an engineer, but soon to realize as my education towards trying to become an engineer started, I was like, this is not something that I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I took the brave step, called my uh, dad, asked to spoke to him by a letter, not even physically because I was that scared about taking that action because I was like a teenage kid, right? So I was like, dad, I, I really don't think this is for me. I want to try something else. He had already put in a lot of time, effort, and of course, uh, money in my education at that time. So it was a big decision, but he took it like a champion, told me he's, he's happy to let me try things. But He's gave, he gave me a three-year ultimatum. He was like, listen, I do want you to graduate, to graduate somewhere. It doesn't matter. It could be just a commerce or arts degree or whatever. But it was easy enough for you to figure out what you want to do. But get a graduate degree, so at least I feel like you at least got educated and mm-hmm. became a graduate. So he was like, at least do that. And while you're doing that, it takes three years, but that's all I got for you. Because after that, I don't have money to put in your business or I don't have money to you know, fund further education. I just don't have it. So I don't, I want to be very clear and be really like clear about this. And that kind of got me really early on to go out in the world with the intention of saying, what am I creating of myself? Because I was uh, in my late teens, basically trying to figure out what career I want to create uh, with not necessarily following any protocol that the world suggests you to do. Mm -hmm. 
I said, no to education already. So the protocol there was broken. I didn't have connections, so that couldn't work. I wasn't particularly intelligent or smart, or at least that, you know, considered in school. I think I'm smart and intelligent, but in school, you know, how the school grading system rates you. I think it has become slightly better now. But it used to be terrible before. It used to be all about rankings and everything. Yeah. If you get marks in India, uh, it's not even grades. You would get like marks. So you will know exactly the digit and how behind you are. So it's kind of terrible. So I, I never thought that I was like, okay, so basically I'm not that intelligent because I'm not getting the grades. So I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure something out. And that got me really early on to experience a lot of things. So I started doing part-time jobs. I would take like gigs that, were just curious to me. Like, I was just like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, I would take a gig in education-based centers where kids would go off to school to take extra classes. I would take gigs there and learn how they really ran the business and what I could do to support education structure there. So I was always excited about education media. That has always been the case. I've always been, ever since I was a teen, I've always been excited about it. So that got me started really early in the field of education. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, few years in, I joined a student organization, did really well at that organization, was also education and training based. From there, moved on, became a top salesperson in a media company in India. And, and so, so good at what I was doing that I was, I, I was able to get investment from that company to do a tech startup right there, which didn't work out because it was a social media channel I was trying to build while Facebook was entering the marketplace. So some <laughs> early hits and failures there. And and then I, I found this little company called Mind Valley at the time. It was a startup. Just a few years. Yeah, at that time, it was a tiny company with like 10, 15 employees, maybe. And, uh, and yeah, it was just a tiny startup at the time and joined the company. And it was just like perfect storm, like really built the company out with in partnership, of course, with the founder vision and really built it out, created many sub companies as a part of that project sold some of them, created some of them, spun off some of them, and, uh, and basically went on from an intern in Mind Valley to, to the CEO of the company. So I was the CEO of the company for, for a year and a half. And then from there, it, it, my life had taken a different turn at that time. So I decided that I needed something more and something different uh, for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that got me excited to create the platform Evercoach, which is the platform that I now uh, co-owned with Mind Valley, so Mind Valley is a partner in that platform, and I have other companies that I've started ever since. And this is in the past five years uh, that I've really ventured out completely on myself, with of course partnerships with the right kind of people, uh, coaching the right kind of companies, consulting the right kind of companies, just being really passionate and doing work that I really enjoy. And that's really where I am right now. It's so important. It's so important. I remember I went to one of your one of the very first, actually, I think it was the very first. Ever coach event that you guys ever had? Yeah, that and was about five years ago. That was when we started Ever Coach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I've been following you ever since. And I'm like, well, if I'm doing this, I I have to have him. And by the way, Jessica and Adam, who I interviewed today, Adam uh, Gilad, oh, said yeah. hi to you. And uh, so, got hey, a Jessica, good- you're talking about Jessica Nazarali. Jessica Guys, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago now, and uh, yeah, Adam, I interviewed today. So that was, and he he said specifically, say hi to Ajit for me. <laughs> Absolutely, he lives uh, right out here. He lives in Topanga, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful place. God, I love it. 
Yeah. Gotta love it. So I know that you probably have a lot to share with us with regards to clarity. So tell us, how do you get clear on what's important to you? Mm -hmm. I think clarity is, so, so I have a whole process of getting really, really clear about what I do. Uh, but it always starts with the first step being really clear about where you want to go, not on the short term, but on the long term. I feel a lot of times we as people tend to think in the immediate future mm -hmm. and the immediate future doesn't really give us the space that it needs to create something that's phenomenal. I feel when you're thinking about something that's immediate future, you always react to the situation and never really create for the future. And so the first step to finding absolute clarity in life is to really take a dive towards understanding where you want to go, who you are and where you want to go and why you want to go there. So again, one of the common mistakes that I've seen is people will write down really big ideas of where they want to go. Yeah, I want the house, I want the car, I want this, I want that. But there is no why associated to it. And what happens is what we don't understand, what most people don't understand is that while your rationale and fact is something that is what decides your vision almost sometimes. Mm -hmm. What your daily direction or your daily compass is your emotions, right? So while your North Star is kind of established by I want the money, I want the fame, I want this, I want that, your compass, everyday compass, is reacting to what's happening around you. Mm. So if you don't have a strong enough reason to go to your final destination, you will tend to lose direction every day because your compass will keep moving up and down Get right? off there's no why associated to it so there's no emotion behind your final destination Absolutely. and that's why you need the why because why calibrates it why kind of goes okay even if there's emotion happening my why will always realign the compass to go to the outcome that i'm trying to get to right and that's why you need the compass that's why you need that emotional balance and that's why you need the why so not only set the vision out, but actually write why that vision is important. And that is also a great exercise in actually eliminating a lot of things that you think are important to you, but are not important to you. Mm -hmm. like the car is never the important part. It's just a way to get recognized in the way that you feel like you will feel recognized, right? Yeah. Now, two things will happen. One, you will say, it doesn't matter. I want that recognition. I still want the car. And that's fine because now you know your why. Your why is recognition. Right. And that is a good compass to get your emotions to move towards that direction because you know what you're chasing. Right. It's right or wrong is, is up to the person. I'm not going to critique or judge that. But even if that's your compass, that's your compass and go for it. Right. But what will also happen is sometimes you go, oh, it is for recognition. It is recognition really important to me or I just want to be accepted. And if I want to be accepted, there are many better ways than to get the car right? You could create a better impact in society. You could show up in a different way. You can show up for people when nobody else would show up. All of that will make you more accepted if you want that to be outcome, right? If you want to build a community, you might do certain other things, whatever that is, but your why is going to be that compass. that will help you either eliminate some of the goals that you may set yourself up to or make better a lot of goals that you may set yourself up to. So clarity is a lot about that. Clarity is a lot about not only knowing where you're going, but why you're going there. Yep, for sure. And so carrying on from that, how about power or we could say willpower? As you know, as business owners, we all have those days where we're like, oh my God, this isn't working. Why am I doing this? Second guessing myself. 
-hmm. How do you find the willpower to carry on, especially in those times when it's difficult? So I have a different philosophy about willpower. So I don't think willpower really is, it's like motivation. Willpower and motivation don't really last. They're, they're not necessarily the way to success. They're not the way to create a great life. And the reason is the same, right? Because like motivation, willpower has the tendency to go up and down. It's almost like, it's like fueling your car mm. and the petrol is going to run out of the gas is going to run out at some point and then you have to go and refill it, right? So one way of living life is constantly refilling the car. Mm -hmm. Second way of going about life is to create the car in a way that it automatically fuels itself, right? Now that could be taken, if I have to give an example, is say your car is run by the sun, yeah. right? Because sun's always there. Every time you go out in the car, it refuels itself and hence you never have to go to the gas station. Yeah. Right. So willpower and motivation is almost like having a gas car, having to constantly go back and refill it and having something that is beyond willpower and motivation, which is your process to operate. Right. It sounds a little in, uh, engineer like it sounds a little mechanical. But if you really think about about how you operate as a human being, mm -hmm. you're always operating out of a process and there's a process how you like your coffee to be made. There's a process how you like to brush your teeth. There's a process how you like to draw your bath. There's a process to everything that you do. And if your processes are strong around areas that get you to motivate and work towards, you will never have the problem of willpower. You'll never have the problem of motivation. Bon, you had a question. Yeah, you know, one of our other speakers mentioned about having passion in the process. Because if you don't have passion in the process, you're not going to enjoy yourself. And that's, that's yeah. interesting. That's how that connects. Yeah, true, uh, to some degree. Again, passion is fickle. So you need mm -hmm. to know what passion really means if you are going to associate passion to process. Passion with a process that has passion, great. It is great if you can collaborate it. But a lot of times passion is misunderstood in itself. And I can go on tangents and we can cop really because I've actually done deep study about all of these things. Uh, <laughs> Because that's, that's human engineering, here. right? That's human engineering, right? That's yeah. what we are. And that's kind of what makes us or doesn't make us, right? Mm -hmm. But passion becomes fickle as well most of the time. Passion also is something that can dwindle away because passion is something that you get passionate about. You can get passionate about a topic and then you can lose passion on that topic if you're proven otherwise, right? So passion is good. It's great. You need to have passion. I'm in no way discounting passion, Right. But if you're relying yourself on passion to create results, there, there is going to be a problem there too. Yeah. You have to associate, like you said, if you associate a process to passion, it may work better, right? But by process, I didn't mean, oh, come up with a mechanical process. That's not what I'm meaning by process. A process is, is anything that is your system to get back to, right? So say, for example, if you are feeling like, oh, I don't feel like working today, what's your process for it? Right? Mm -hmm. What happens when you don't feel like working today? What goes in your mind? Have you, you tried to think? On. Yeah, how do you come back on, right? Mm -hmm. Or what is the process that you would not do without fail? It's, it's almost like asking this question. If I said, hey, listen, I'm not feeling passionate about eating today. Would you not eat? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you will just order out or something, right? If you don't feel like cooking, you will order food in, right? Yeah. You don't forget about those because those are part of your processes, right? if you can create processes around things that really matter are meaningful to you. And that's where the answer of the why is so important that I talked about. Yeah. Like why are you chasing your vision? Right. And that doesn't have to be 
uh, external. It can be very internal. So don't worry about it thinking, oh, I need to save the world with my, with my vision. Is that what I did suggesting? No, if you don't need to, don't, don't need to. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to beat yourself on it. If it is associated with external purpose, it's great. But if it's not, don't beat yourself on it, right? But what I do want you to think about is to think about how will you come back to how, how does the game mode get, gets back on, right? Once it's kind of dwindling away, right? And so the process, and the process is sometimes very fun. Like, for example, when I'm not feeling motivated to write, and I like to write, and I have a process to writing, right? Let's say I'm sitting in front of the paper, and I'm like, oh, crap, I don't feel like writing today. I have a process to get back into action. I have a process that sets me back into the mood. Because again, remember, what is it when you're not feeling willpower? Or what, what do you think happens when you don't have motivation? It's basically a bunch of emotions coming together, having you feel the other way. Yep. Right? And like I said, and like we talked about previously, emotions are nothing. They're basically data points. They're basically mm-hmm. telling you what things are not working. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if you know, hey, listen, what's happening right now is this is not working, whatever this is, right? This is... These are the set of, I ate too much bread and now I don't have motivation because I feel like sleeping. Yeah. Well, next time your process should be don't eat bread. Not that much. Maybe eat bread, but not as much. And right? it's Whatever that is. how our physiology often affects our emotions. Yeah, physiology affects biology, 100%. Yeah. Physiology absolutely affects biology mm. and so do external circumstances. Mm-hmm. Events that are happening outside of our control. Oh, we are cooped up in the house. When we are recording this, we are all cooped up in the house. It's been six weeks in California that we have not left the house or had social interactions for five weeks, something like that. I've lost count. Uh, but, uh, but it's been a while, basically. This is an external circumstance that can completely change your internal world. Now, if that happens, it is your responsibility and your process's responsibility to say, how will I navigate every single day? Because if you don't, it will compound by day five, day seven, day 13. It'll compound. It needs to be tackled every single day. You've got to have your process. Believe it or not, through this, March 6th, I got infected with coronavirus. March 13th, I went, Friday the 13th, I went into the doctor and yes, you have coronavirus. And, you know, through that whole thing, Every day that I was feeling good, I worked on this summit and I was really committed to getting this done. So I know exactly what you're talking about. You have a process to get yourself back on track. And believe me, you know, I slept for two weeks (laughs) and it was really a lot to get back on track. But yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what about follow through? So Mm -hmm. for instance, let's talk about you've got the the clarity, you've got the power now. And so what structures do you put in place to have the follow through on your commitments? So I have, uh, it depends on what kind of commitments you're making, right? So some commitments are auto, auto tuned, because if let's say you are and again, it depends on the people that you're working with and the people that are listening. If you have team members, mm-hmm. you can cross, make, you can cross uh, make responsible, cross accountability. Sorry, that's what I was trying to say. Uh, where as much as they're your team members and you kind of hold them responsible, they can hold you responsible. Yeah. Because again, it's, it's one of those things. It's accountability. Self-accountability is the best, but it doesn't always work. True. Right. 
Because again, if there's not strong enough why associated to you, it is one of the subconscious beliefs that always get you uh, back on the back foot and you're not able to like really push yourself through and you're not able to really create that change that you want to, you need external accountability, right? Yeah, like if you can do internal accountability, that's the best, right? So if yeah. you set yourself up with a calendar or scheduling, which by the way, I, say for example, in business, if I have to give you about business accountability, a way we do accountability and get ourselves to follow through is we know our plan three months out. Yeah. So we know exactly what's happening in business from now until three months from now, right? And we know the whole year plan, but we know exactly date by date plan three months later, right? And because we know date by date, what happens is every team member kind of is defaulted into a responsibility and defaulted into an accountability of task delivered, mm-hmm. right? And that also becomes cross because whenever there's a cross accountability where somebody has to do something first, for somebody else to be able to deliver their task, the tasks are so mutually connected that you can very easily hold each other responsible. Now, if it's personal life, you can do that with your partner. You can do it with like me and my wife, Nita. We both hold each other accountable to certain things that we have said we'll hold each other accountable to. We put processes and systems in place for us to be able to work together in a way where, say, for example, every, every relationship has arguments or debates, right? And that happens in our relationship too. We get into arguments, we get into debates, we get into fights, Humanity. but we have a process to get out of it. Yeah, true. right. So there is, there is a way to say, okay, one of us, whoever catches it first, so it's a mutual accountability, whoever catches it first that we are in, the, we are in it, because when you're in it, you can't see it, right? It's, it's just getting mad at each other. That's all it is, right? But <laughs> you can see it. whoever catches it first has a catchphrase. We say the phrase, and that for the other person becomes immediate accountability to snap out of it and say, we need to shelf this and we need to talk about it when the emotions are not flooded, right? So you, you want to find that process. And I, I know I'm saying the word process a lot here today, coincidentally, probably because it's also the end of the day. And I was talking to some of our clients earlier today and we were talking about processes. But basically, there's, there's systems to fall back on. And accountability, like we said, follow through is about setting up something and saying, oh, this is what I have. I made a commitment. It also depends, by the way, on how you commitment works, right? Because some people are driven towards that if they say, I will do something, they will do it. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's people like that. And yeah. there's people where they need to tell somebody that they are going to do this and then they will do it. And, and right? then, just personality and they type. Feel, right. They feel like they need to do it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's the personality type. So if you know what your personality type is, like I am somebody who, if I say I'll do something, I will do it. Nobody needs I am to too. Help, right. That's, that's but, why this yeah. summit happened. <laughs> yeah. But there, there are people and there might be listeners right now who don't feel like that's them. They need somebody else to remind them. I would say make somebody responsible. Yeah. Put things on your calendar and invite friends into the calendar invite. Invite other colleagues, people who may be in the same profession and say, hey, let's create cross-accountability. Have team members look at that. If you feel that's not happening in personal life, invite your partner in it, your friends in it, whatever that is. But if you would schedule it in a way where somebody else is looking at it and if that's your way to get action, do that, right? So you got to find what's your personality and what works and then get people involved if you need to. If you're personally responsible enough that you will do it and not cheat, because I know a lot of times when people say they're personally responsible, they cheat a lot as well because they know nobody's watching. But that's, <laughs> that's for you to kind of make that judgment is to see if you're cheating yeah. and you got to put some measures in place for yourself. So when you cheat, you get you punished automatically. Yeah, exactly. Like, not punished, but sorry, punished is the wrong word, but 
you have the consequence where you go back into yeah. your routine, whatever that is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. A, a catch. A yeah. Catch a catch. Yeah. Something, something that catches it. Yeah. 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 That totally makes sense. And by the way, don't worry about using processes because the whole purpose of this summit is to introduce the app that I'm creating called Entire Task, mm-hmm. which is around all of this. And so everything that you're saying just totally lines up with it 100%. So thank you so much for coming on today. And is there anything that you would like to give to our audience today uh, or direct them to something in particular of yours? I have not planned for any of that. (laughs) Uh, We have a few books. Uh, If you want to go check it out, you can go to emotionalgrid.com. That's the book on managing emotions better by my wife, Nita. If you are a coach, you should check out the book of coaching at the book. Reddit, of it's a good one. Yeah, so you can go to the book of coaching.com. You can check out that book. If you are more focused towards building a business around your coaching practice, you can go to the business book of coaching.com and you can get the business book of coaching. Those are some of our books that are out in the market right now that you can check out. I will make sure to put a link to all of those at the end of this speech here. So thank you so much for your time today. And it's been a real pleasure having you on. Absolutely. Thank you very much for inviting me. You bet. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please leave us a review. It really helps others to decide if they're going to listen to. This series has been all about clarity, power, and follow through. Entire tasks can help you get clear, with its vision board, it gives you the power to do what's most important with our algorithms and to chunk things down so it's easy to follow through. Check it out at entiretask.com.